parties because they don't want to be patronized. Let me move on to Morristown Ambassador. He was the ambassador at large for global criminal justice um, and South Korean, which um, I'm very proud of to be able to sit next to you. Um, we know that there's been peace on the Korean Peninsula for seven decades. And the primary reason for that is not because the North Koreans have decided that they really like South Korea or whatever. The reason, of course, is because of the U.S.-South Korea Mutual Defense Treaty, where both countries pledge to defend each other. There are a lot of people on the left in South Korea, um, pro-North Korean sympathizers. They want to end the treaty because they believe that if the U.S. is off the peninsula, then clearly North Korea will be able to take over. So what can South Korean conservatives do in CPAC Korea and in other organizations? What can they do to strengthen the treaty? That's a great question and an important question, Gordon. Um, let me be very clear that North Korea's goal is to get the U.S. not committed to defending South Korea. And the U.S. commitment to defend South Korea has been the single biggest deterrent against another full-blown Korean War. Because North Korea's ultimate goal is to take over the peninsula by force. And so conservatives in South Korea must build strong ties and ongoing strong ties with the United States of America. It was not an accident that it was the admiral of the U.S. Pacific Fleet who was made the U.S. ambassador to South Korea. That was sending a strong deterrent message uh, during the uh, last Trump administration. And it is crucial for that U.S.-Korean alliance to be as strong as possible. And I will also include Japan in there, too. There are, have been some historical difficulties that were stirred up by the Moon Jae-in administration vis-a-vis -vis Japan, but the U.S., Japan, and South Korea must stand strongly together in that region against the threat of North Korea, but also in regards to the threat of the Chinese Communist Party. That is very important. And... If I were to give an example, hopefully that ties together some of the things that are going on uh, and why it is very important for the U.S. to stay engaged and to have a strong presence there, I want to tell you the story of Kang Chol-hwan. There was the first book-length account of any North Korean refugee called the Aquarians of Pyongyang that was about Kang Chol-hwan. He was part of a Korean family in Japan whose grandmother was committed communist and convinced the whole extended family to move to North Korea, which was supposed to be this communist paradise. Well, they went, but what happened? The grandfather, who was in charge of distributing things at the behest of the North Korean government, not only him, but the whole extended family, when they ran afoul of the Kim regime, were thrown into a concentration camp. Every day, that grandmother apologized to her family for urging them to come to communist North Korea because they were wasting away in a concentration camp. And Kang Chol-hwan was just a boy at that time. He eventually got out, and this account of his life was published. But North Korea is not a paradise. It is one jail of a country. And it is what happens when communism has been tried anywhere in the world. It means that the communist elite seize everything and crush their own people. And you have the purest form of communism in North Korea combined with the fourth largest military. Nucle all manner of weapons of mass destructions, nuclear weapons, chemical weapons, biological weapons, 
Uh, I do want to share, because the time is limited, uh, KCPAC was involved in putting together the largest conference on North Korean human rights in Hawaii this past December 4th. This booklet gives an account of that conference and is available for free for anyone here who wants it. Uh, you're welcome to come and get a copy, and I think there are more copies than those that are here. But you had the U.S. Uh, Special Envoy for North Korean Human Rights. You had the South Korean uh, analogous position person, uh, myself and others who were involved in this conference and can give you more than a short uh, few minutes here uh, that I could possibly give in a short amount of time right now. Thanks, Morris. Hey, Steve Bannon. You can see that it's Australia, Japan, South Korea are all treaty allies of the United States. What holds our treaty network together is the U.S. Navy. And in a prior life, before you started draining the swamp and all those other critical tasks, you were in the Navy and you were actually assigned in the Pacific. If you can just sort of talk a little bit about what you did there and, and how important the Navy is. Well, I was in the 7th Fleet on a uh, ASW destroyer, the USS Paulus Foster, as the assistant engineer and then the navigator. Um, and, it, you know, we, we trained with the Koreans, trained with the Japanese. The Australian Navy was unbelievable. There was a real bond, and that was in the Carter administration. And we could see how the Soviet Union was increasing in power. I mean, we were an anti-submarine destroyer, and we tracked Soviet submarines, right, in the South China Sea and the down to the Straits of uh, Malacca, all of it, Indian Ocean, Persian Gulf, uh, North Arabian Sea. And then I came back to the Pentagon to work as a special assistant of the Chief of Naval Operation on the day that President Reagan came into office. And so I saw up close what it took to take down the evil empire. And you're not seeing that today. I mean, my beloved Pacific Fleet, if the balloon went up in the South China Sea or the Straits of Taiwan, uh, I... I you know, fear what would happen. I mean, I think right now against the PLA, if we had to break a um, a blockade, a naval blockade of Taiwan, you might have a carrier battle group at the bottom of the ocean. You could lose seven, eight, nine, ten thousand sailors. This thing is atrophied under the Biden regime tremendously, and I think that's one of the reasons that President Trump, in coming back in, will strengthen uh, the Quad and strengthen this with a real focus on confronting the Chinese Communist Party, particularly with its military buildup. Thanks, Steve. Very quickly, I just want to run through the three countries. So, Coops, the next CPAC Australia is September, right? No, uh, it's August uh, 10 and 11 of okay. August. Okay. Yep. And what are you guys going to do? Now that you've defeated the voice referendum, I mean, you've got to have something else, right? Uh, one of the most important jobs to be done in Australia is to remove some of the premiers that uh, are destroying the country. Uh, the next election is in uh, a state called Queensland. My hometown is Brisbane, and uh, we're taking CPAC out of Sydney for the first time. We're taking it to Queensland because we want to help take down, what did you call it, Steve? The evil empire. Gold Coast. Okay, Jay, your next CPAC is December. I hope I got that right. What are you guys going to be talking about? さっき冒頭でスティーブン・バノンがこの会議のテーマというのがまあグローバリストの終焉みたいなことを言ってましたよね。So um actually uh Steve Bannon just mentioned that CPAC is where globalism comes to die or globalists come to die. で、今年のCPAC ジャパンは12月8日でちょうどトランプ大統領の選挙が終わってま彼が当選してから約1ヶ月後のCPAC and so we're hosting CPAC Japan on December 8th. It'll be right after Trump is re-elected. なので、もうあのテーマはテーマも決まってるんですと。それはナショナルコンサバティズムのナショナルコンサバティブの期間、リターンオブあれだね。And so we're thinking uh, or we're going to call the theme for this CPAC Japan the return of national conservatism. And by the way, I should point out that your last CPAC was overfilled the room. It was just record-breaking. 
はいあの前回おかげさまでゴードン・チャンもマット・シュラップそしてメルセデスも来てくれて本当にもう会場が溢れるようになりました今年はさらに規模を拡大して、えー、スケールを大きくやりたいと思っています Yeah, thanks to you, Gordon, and Matt, and Mercy. It was、um, the biggest we've ever had. The room overflew, and we're planning on making it even bigger this year. Congratulations. And, and Morse, you work with a real Korean hero, Annie Chan. And she is the one, she's the one who started Korea CPAC. She now has this new global strategy study committee. What are you guys going to be talking about next? So, there's going to be another conference in March that is going to be taking up the important matters that are going on.、Uh, it's going to be in Hawaii.、Um, there will be、uh, Andrew Crilly here has invitations uh, for, uh, for you all to、uh, take, and you can apply to be invited and go to that.、Uh, and it should be another fantastic conference.、Uh, Annie Chan is someone who has. Uh, invested her great wealth、uh, into trying to find solutions for、uh, what's going on in the Korean Peninsula with the four largest militaries involved there, with the refugee problem、uh, of those who are、uh, crossing the border, which is basically a high crime in North Korea, but、uh, they are being sent back often to their death or to concentration camps back to. North Korea, a different sort of problem there.、Um, but there is a whole constellation of problems in that region that are very, very important to address that I think will be critical for the, I believe, next Trump administration、uh, to handle. Just a quick co a comment about Korea. I just think we should give credit to President Trump because of his historic, never happened before diplomacy. He kept us out of war with North Korea in the beginning of his administration. He's admitted it publicly, and we know that the generals were all ginned up for this, and it was coming. So, President Trump kept us out of so many wars, but the Korean War was an important one. You're, you're exactly right, Carly. You know, when he was coming into the White House, President Obama said, Your biggest threat, the biggest thing that you'll have to handle, will be the threat of a war with North Korea. That's what Obama said to him on the way in. It did not happen. And not only that, a lot of positive things happened. The remains of U.S. personnel from the Korean War were returned. The rhetoric against the United States of America and against Trump himself stopped. The propaganda coming out of North Korea. In addition to that, our citizens, the American citizens who were in North Korea, were brought home. There was a whole array of positive things that happened. And this is something that I've been sharing in various public settings、uh, after our time in the administration because I believe、uh, President Trump did a better job vis a vis North Korea than any president、uh, has since the Korean War. You know, it's ironic, of course, that the Biden team says, oh, you know, if Trump gets elected, there's going to be war. But As Rick pointed out, there w a s four years of peace and there were four years of historic accomplishments, including the Abraham Accords. Last word goes to Miklos, but before I do that, I have to say that I hadn't realized it, but you know, you guys, you three CPACs, have got the best locations. You got <laughs> Brisbane, the Gold Coast, you got Tokyo, which really is really one of the most exciting cities on earth, and Hawaii. I am jealous. I am jealous. Hey,、uh, Hawaii is ours.、Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. That's one of ours. Miklos, you wanted to say something. Yeah, just、uh, because、uh, praising and, and promoting ourselves is、uh, that important that it could only be done by us.、Uh, do not forget about Budapest, the, the next、uh, upcoming international CPAC.、Um, The CPEC Hungary will take place on the 25th and 26th of、uh, April. And all of you are more than、uh, welcome. And、uh, we're going to promote that and underline that we are the Vogue Busters. And we should drain the swamp first in Brussels in June and then here in the US in November in Washington, D.C.
I want to acknowledge Senator Tupperville. Senator, we're going to get you a chair. We'd like you to come join the conversation. I know Senator's kind of a come down for you. You, you're, you were more important when you were a coach, but thank you, sir, for being here. Um, our, the next person on the docket, Senator, is my wife, so I can't interrupt her. Okay, you understand. Uh, Mercy, take it away for uh, all these great CPACs we've done to the South. Well, Senator, thank you for being here, and thank you for letting me go before you. <laughs> Bienvenidos a todos nuestros amigos de Latinoamérica por estar aquí. Uh, en CPAC es algo bien especial tener esta primera cumbre internacional. And I want to say welcome to all of our officials from Latin America who are visiting and joining us today in the first ever inaugural uh, CPAC International Summit. It's truly an honor to have you here. We have representatives from Mexico, from Colombia, from Dominican Republic, and we have a very special guest with us, Patricia Bullrich, the Minister of Security, la Ministra de Seguridad uh, de la Nación de Argentina. Mucho gusto. Gracias por estar con nosotros, Patricia. So I, I want to start um, before we, we dive into and talk about Argentina and spe specifically about this incredible election that you, you all won this past last year. We are, which we're very honored to have President Javier Malay join us on, on Saturday. Uh, CPAC started their international outreach to Latin America in Brazil. We held CPAC Brazil with... Not uh, today. <laughs> not today. I don't not think today. they'd want us in Brazil, Patricia. You're right. Uh, with uh, uh, President Jair Bolsonaro and Eduardo Bolsonaro. And that's when we learned that there's so many important ties between the United States and Latin America. And then we had the great honor of hosting CPAC Mexico with our uh, telenovela, uh, now presidential candidate, Eduardo Verastagui. And it was there that we met many of these incredible leaders in Latin America who were uh, running for office in their country, one of them being President Javier Malay. And he was there as a candidate. We had an opportunity to talk to him. And he talked specifically about the dangers and the horrors of socialism, the poverty it causes, how it destroys um, communities. Tell us, when you're looking at the reforms, economic reforms you're doing in Argentina, what are the biggest changes that your government is working on right now? Well, uh, thank you very much. For, thank you very much for inviting us, our president, as you said, is coming on Saturday. And um, really we are very happy of what has happened in Argentina. Because for years and years, populism ruled Argentina. Uh, now is the first time in many, many years that don't misunderstand because I I will say a, a, a word liberal that is not the way you understand. It, <laughs> no? So we call them communists please, in this country now, Patricia. Huh? <laughs> don't worry. Well, uh, in many years, uh, a libertarian, uh, a liberal president that for us is like uh, uh, the op the opposition of the populist president uh, has won the elections. That is Javier Milei. And we are generating a, a very huge change, but incredible. Um, we are really destroying the country uh, that um, built a corporativism economy, a shut and impossible economy. Nobody uh, can work in Argentina, uh, our um, labor laws, uh, the way of doing business. Argentina was the fifth country in the world. And in, in, in the first years of the uh, 20th century. And now we are the last in, in Latin America. Mm. So uh, the destroy we have, now we are uh, doing a, a new order. No? And this is because the Peronist party that 
now is not only corporatives corrupt, but and now is in the left position. And they destroy the country. For example, um, uh, today Argentina produces food for 400 million people. 400 million people. And uh, 50% of the population of our country is below the poverty line. Mm. You can understand it, it, that it's only because of a political system that have destroyed all the ways of doing business, the, the, rule of the, the rules of the capitalism, the, the way of uh, understanding the law, um, the Republican values, uh, they, uh, they have generated a society that depends only on the state. We have provinces in Argentina uh, states, you say here states, we say provinces, we are a federal country as the United States, and we have provinces that 70% 70, 70 of the population, they live from state posts, from state jobs. Mm -hmm. It's impossible. No, our, our um, uh, situation is terrible. So now we are doing a very important change, we are uh, cutting uh, all this uh, state that produce inflation and, uh, and poverty in yes. the population. And did you all see that video when President Malay was like ripping off Ministro de, you know, and they would go through all the, the things. So it's the same conversation we're seeing with across the globe, which is El Estado Administrativo, the administrative state, the yeah. deep state, the bureaucrats making these decisions that are destroying these countries and destroying our economies Excellent. in so many ways. Is that what you're seeing in Argentina? Yes, yes. Uh, in Argentina, now we are, uh, we say, I don't know how to say it in English, but this, uh, we have a motosierra, no? Oh, a chainsaw. Slap the chainsaw. Remember the chainsaw? Yeah, la motosierra. The chainsaw. And, uh, we want him to bring the chainsaw. There. Can he bring the chainsaw? <laughs> we have two. Okay. Oh, we have two. States and the other one for We'd like Argentina. the CPAC yeah. chainsaw that. So um, now, the, the, in, in 60 days that we are in government, we have had a general uh, strike, general strike, mm -hmm. all the unions against us. We have four mobilizations and riots with uh, a violence, incredible violence. We sent to the parliament a law of uh, to, to try to simplify the economy of Argentina, cut all the, the, um, the privilege, or the, the, the the political class have in Argentina, Same. and the law uh, now is... Uh, uh, and it's all we cannot, we cannot, they, they don't vote us the law. So we say, if you don't vote, vote us the law, the provinces will not receive any, any money for the central government. So we are in a very huge fight. Mm. But we are going, going to win this fight because the populations... Uh, and have understood uh, that they are living in, in, in poverty, they are living without education. Argentina was the first country in, educa in ed education in Latin America and the third in the world. Yeah. And now we are in the last, uh, the, we are last in, uh, in Latin America. So the changes we are doing are very, very huge. But I want to say only one thing more. I know that I have to. No, finish. I want to ask you. But more I, questions. I, 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 we need yeah. help. We cannot do it alone. In Latin America, we have Maduro in Venezuela. Now we have uh, in, in Central America, we have Nicaragua, we have Ortega, we have uh, what is happening in Colombia, you know? with Petrus, um, we are alone. We, Paraguay, Argentina, Uruguay, 
uh, in the south part of the continent. But the continent is really uh, need, needing the help of all a movement that support the changes we are doing. If Argentina change, we are going to be like a, a very important light for all Latin America. Yes. So we need yes. the help of yes. all. Uh, I just want to say one thing. You know, Donald Trump talked about building a wall. And there's a wall in the Senate. And it's Senator Tuberville. So you're going to really have to talk to Senator Tuberville to get anything through the Senate because you're one of the rare senators that thinks we should actually use our power uh, when we believe in something. So uh, as you hear all this around the table, do you have any words of encouragement for uh, how we're going to collaborate with the, with the freedom-loving people of Argentina? Well, I, I was in Argentina last summer, and uh, you got great wine, by the way, <laughs> great wine. It is a great country, but I, I felt, I guess it was last spring, I felt a lot of infiltration by China uh, when I was there, uh, speaking with uh, people that live there, people at the port. And it, was, uh, it was an amazing visit, but you just felt that presence kind of closing in on the people of, of Argentina, and we wish you the best. We, we want to help. Uh, the problem that I, we have here. Uh, again, you don't know who I am, but I, I'm not a politician, never been, didn't think I'd ever be in politics. I was a football coach for 40 years. Not and, that uh, kind of football, and, the other football. And, and after I, I retired from coaching, President Trump asked me if I'd run for the Senate. I said, for what? He said, we're going to need help. And, so you are a, a coach senate. Yeah, so now I'm a coach senator. So I ran and won. I've been here three years. So I've got so many new friends in a different world now that was in sports, now politics. I see a lot of my heroes here that I've, I've watched on TV for years, trying to learn more and more about not just our country but the world. But uh, I want to tell people this, though, and I'm, I'm just real short. Uh, been in the Senate for three years. Uh, our country's in trouble. You think you're in trouble? We're in trouble. There's not one thing that we're doing right since President Biden took office. I have no clue what they're doing. We, we're broke. We have no borders. Our military is woke. We have taken steps backward in almost everything. I came from the education world. And folks, let me tell you something. If we don't get our education back, it's over. It's completely over. Our kids are going south every day. So... Uh, I'm glad to be here. I'm speaking tomorrow uh, at 10 o'clock, and uh, Mercedes and Matt, I want to thank them for inviting me to come over. We are in recess, but I don't want her to come up and be part of this because I don't sleep well at night. I used to not sleep well before a game on Friday nights before we played. So I don't sleep well at any time now because what I see in our here in D.C. and what I call the – I don't call it the swamp. I call it the clown world. You can't be any more stupid than we are up here. <laughs> Uh, of, of what we're doing. And people go along with it. I don't understand that. I mean, w we are the best and should be the best and help people all over the world, uh, the best country you can ever imagine. But we screw it up because we have socialist communists trying to change it. And we're not going to let that happen. So I want to thank you for letting me come and be part of this and look forward to talking tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you, Senator. Uh, Patricia, I do want to address the issue of Iran and Iran's influence. It's China's influence in Latin America, but it's Iran's influence in Latin America too. How are they using crime? How is Hamas involved? How is Hezbollah involved in Latin America right now? They are in our backyard, basically taking over and influencing these communist countries like Venezuela and what is happening in our Argentina. Well, it's a very important issue because, uh, um, we think that uh, as we are in a, a sense of urgency, urgency because uh, today uh, organized crime uh, has long plagued our continent. Um, and um, they are, you have a memorandum signed between Bolivia and Iran. Uh, we have Hezbollah in the 
uh, free borders of Brazil, Argentina, and uh, Paraguay. We have had two uh, bombing in Argentina uh, from Hezbollah and from Iran. And um, now uh, Hezbollah uh, and, uh, and we think that uh, Hezbollah, uh, they, 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 they do business in the free borders and they send money to uh, fight against Israel, no? That we support Israel. Uh, really, we support Israel, no? Uh, and uh, the, the new way that the global, globalized criminal organization work, they, they uh, buy the criminals, they pay for the criminals, so they have uh, the criminal, criminals as uh, proxies, you know? So they, for example, you have the Hezbollah, they, um, they pay in, in the jails, for example, for example, of Brazil, they pay to an organization that is called PCC, it's a, a Primero Comando Capital, and uh, the criminals that are in jail, and uh, they do, the, they prepare for doing um, bombings and, and... True or false? Using your tax refund to pay off credit card debt is a smart thing. Actually, that's false. Donewithdebt.com published a brilliant strategy designed to let you keep your hard-earned tax refund and reduce or eliminate credit card debt. Most Americans owe thousands in credit card debt. In fact, Daily Mail's got a story that 56 million Americans carry credit card debt, and that debt will take years to pay off, if you pay it off at all. Done with Debt found that filing bankruptcy is usually not the answer, and taking out loans to pay off credit cards usually increases the debt. When you engage Done With Debt, their legal experts and skilled negotiators take on the credit card companies for you. Their winning strategies are designed with one goal. Solve your debt situation quickly and permanently. First things first, chat with a Done With Debt strategist and explore your solutions. Some debt fighting strategies are time sensitive, so you'll need to move quickly. For a free consultation, visit DoneWithDebt.com. That's DoneWithDebt.com. Com. Do it today. Take action. Are you tired of progressive corporations and exhausted trying to keep up with all the virtue signaling when you're simply trying to buy products? Progressive corporate America continues to push messaging that further alienates conservative Americans, all while eroding the future of the American dream. It's prominent all over the country. Companies like Starbucks strong-arming their customers to support abortion. Financial services like PayPal canceling customers for their political views. Makeup companies like Maybelline making a mockery of women by supporting transgender models. And beer companies like Bud Light forcing gender ideology on you when all you want is to enjoy a cold beer. Thankfully, we don't have to fund these companies any longer with our hard-earned dollars. With Public Square, we now have a solution. It's simple. Join the movement of millions of patriotic Americans who love truth, our country, and our Constitution at publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public Square is an app and website where you can get connected to tens of thousands of businesses from all different industries that share your value for life, family, and freedom. Whether you're looking to buy coffee, find a new athletic clothing that knows what a woman is, and shop for clean skincare, or simply find a new restaurant in your community that won't lecture you about your political views. PublicSQ.com is your resource. Public Square also offers discounts to many high-quality businesses on the platform so that you can actually receive incentive for spending money with companies that don't hate you. Public Square is free to join as consumer or a business owner, and you can get started today at PublicSQ.com. Remember, either as a consumer or a business owner. Download the app now. That's publicsq.com, publicsq.com. I want to warn you of a huge change that could be coming to our money and our bank accounts. 
First, think back to 9-11, shortly after the government pushed through the Patriot Act. This gave the government power to spy on innocent Americans by monitoring our phone and email and tracking our movement across the Internet. Now, Jim Rickards, editor of the independent financial newsletter Strategic Intelligence and New York Times bestselling author, is warning about a coming event that could elevate this governmental surveillance to a terrifying new level. In fact, some of the guests I've had on The War Room believe that the government will soon expand their powers to track our every move. If we say the wrong things on social media, donate to the wrong causes, buy firearms, or even vote MAGA, the government may be able to shut us out of our bank accounts. I can't say for sure if this will happen, but it's an interesting and dire warning. Fortunately, Jim Rickards, an American patriot and friend of mine, has made it his mission to educate us on what he believes is coming and how to protect yourself from the possibility of programmable money. Watch Jim's warning video now before it's censored like I've been in the past. Go to RickardsWarRoom.com. That's RickardsWarRoom.com now to see the video. And working uh, with the so um, terrorism and organi- organi- the, the criminal organizations are work- working together to destroy democracy, to destroy our countries, to destroy Israel, to destroy uh, our way of, of life. So they are sophisticated networks that we have to um, uh, work very, very uh, hard. Uh, We are working in our borders because we have Bolivia that produce uh, cocaine. We have uh, Paraguay that they are friends, but they produce um, marijuana. And uh, we have Peru that produce marijuana, Uh, Colombia, uh, Venezuela, Ecuador, that last uh, month um, in, in, in four years they destroyed the country, the, the criminal organizations. So we are working to uh, finish with this uh, direct threat to our national security and, and our sovereign, 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 sovereignty. sovereignty. Uh, and uh, we are we are really really concerned about these rogue states utilizing criminal organizations as proxies. Yeah. This is a very very important problem. We need uh, the help of all the countries because if if the criminal organizations they uh, they manage the country, they manage the institutions, the 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 judicature. The, the the polices and and the yeah. political um, uh, uh, networks we are finished so we are working a lot against this kind of uh, network they are trying to build I, I think this is a perfect opportunity yet to bring you in in this conversation on Israel because I don't know how many of you out there knew that Iran has been stationed in Latin America and you have Hamas in Latin America and you have Hezbollah in Latin America yeah, I don't think the uh, legacy media is covering too much of it. So, Yitz, I mean, talk about this Hamas global network. I mean, we talk about the globalist elites, and now we're dealing with the globalism and how Hamas has pushed propaganda, not only here in the United States, but we're also seeing it in Latin America and across the globe. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And thank you. Thank you, Madam Mercy, for hosting this. And uh, I think it's appropriate that we have the Israeli flag next to Gordon Chang's uh, Twitter feed. Uh, as we pointed out, because we definitely need to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And uh, I don't know how many of you know that, the, uh, that, these, um, that these lines on the Israeli flag are meant to evoke a uh, prayer shawl. So we definitely uh, need your prayers and appreciate your prayers. And I want to acknowledge Matt and Mercy from day one, from October 7th, have been uh, stalwart standing by Israel's side and praying. And uh, we appreciate that. Uh, so the... So to the, to the question about, uh, about Iran, about Hamas, about international jihad and Israel's role and, and, and where, this all, where this all plays out. So I think it's clear to anybody who's an observer that what's happening right now in Israel, this uh, existential war that Israel finds itself in, uh, Israel is, is standing in defense of, of the West, really. And this is just one front. And we're kind of, we're all in this together. And um, that is why the partnership of, of all of our friends around the world is 
it's not only about showing solidarity at a time of need, but it's really about uh, realizing that Israel is fighting everyone else's fight right now. And so um, this, is, this is something that's important to realize. And while Hamas is part of a global uh, Iranian uh, uh, web, an octopus, as, as they say, between uh, you have Hamas, you obviously have it, you have in Lebanon, you have in, you have in Yemen, you have in other parts of the world. Uh, this is something that, uh, that is, can come to any part of the world at any time. So it's critically important that we stand watch. Let me ask you, Patricia, you talked about Lula, President Lula from uh, Brazil. What were his comments about Israel? Well, um, the last days, last week, um, President Lula uh, said that uh, what is uh, now happening in, in Israel and Lebanon and the Franja de Gaza uh, is uh, the conflict uh, is uh, like the genocide, you know? And um, we, our government was really uh, very concerned about the, the words of Lula and uh, Israel uh, uh, talk uh, in, in, in very important words saying that that was really unacceptable for Israel and um, the ambassador of Israel was echado, uh, uh, how do you say echado? Like taken, uh, eh? taken away, taken away of, uh, of, of, of Brazil. So they, they cut relationship, relationships between, uh, between Brazil and Israel. They are really in a in a in the wrong way of the of the history you know uh, we know what uh, what is uh, israel for for democracy in 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 the world we know what is happening in israel we know what uh, is doing hamas and hezbollah we suffered two bombing in argentina the embassy of israel was destroyed destroyed and the and the dai and the amia that is the mutual of uh, uh, israel in argentina was destroyed and 85 people killed we suffer the violence of hezbollah and iran so uh, now brazil is uh, doing the contrary that uh, in, in all the history of Brazil and Latin America that we support uh, Israel, Israel, they are doing ex exactly the wrong um, policy they have to do with right. Israel now. Uh, Nigel mentioned about the pro-Hamas flags everywhere. You see these protests very organized all across the country. And talk about anti-Semitism here in the United States and what we've seen and and how is it possible that we that Israel and can win that narrative again here in the United States? Wow, that's a great question. Um, and I want to acknowledge here in the crowd we have a, a mentor, Julie Strauss Levin, who's here. A lot of you know her. She is probably on the front lines on the stand legal, up, Julie. Legal she's, battle. She's the great uh, one, but don't tell is. her husband. She's the great one, Julie Levin. Right, the great one, and Mark Levin will be presenting on uh, tomorrow on Friday. So we look forward to that. So Julie's working. Uh, especially on college campuses to figure out what are the legal limits for how, how we can do this. And, and I know yet, just yesterday, President Trump spoke about this and said those who support Hamas should not be in our universities. They should not be coming to this country. They are not welcome. Very, very strong words. And it's that kind of leadership of being unequivocal about what's good and what's evil. You know, we believe co conservatives were into common sense. Some things are right. Some things are wrong. There's something wrong about those here in this country who are who are willing to equivocate on this issue when you have the naked evil of what Hamas uh, has has perpetrated in Israel and you now have this major uh, battle between good and evil this is an opportunity for good people around the world to step up be counted speak out not for Israel Israel doesn't need your pity Israel doesn't need your sympathy but it's your opportunity to express what you believe in so that your, those around you and your family and your children know what you believe in. Right. Nigel, can you address Europe's position? How are they 
handling, I should say, or how do you view it from kind of the outsider's perspective on their support of Israel? No, I, he, from an outsider's perspective. I want to hear you defend Europe. <laughs> That's very That's funny. That's why I asked him. This is going to be good. That one is working. Um, I think anti-Semitism, which you, which you touched on, I'd be interested to get Liz's take on this, but it's almost become mainstream in Britain. It's almost become mainstream, and particularly through the universities, the education establishments. You know, it's sort of veiled in criticism of Israel, but it very, very quickly moves to the other side. And we saw within, in fact, the first Saturday after the 7th of October, the big march in London, and, you know, open public chanting on the streets in our country, you know, from the river to the sea. So we're allowing on the streets of London, you know, the kind of rhetoric that says that Israel should not exist, Israel should be obliterated, and semi-support. Again, people don't openly say we support Hamas, but they make it pretty clear through their statements. And so what you've seen today, and I, I, mean, I touched on it earlier, you know, Parliament Square full of Palestinian flags, and a younger generation who do not know anything of the Holocaust, who in some cases now don't even believe it happened. Uh, and so we're in a very, very frightening place. As far as Europe's concerned, the situation's actually worse. I mean, you would not, as a Jewish person today, you would not live in Brussels, you would not live in most of Paris, unless you were wealthy enough to live in a gated community. And I remember in my last year, in the European Parliament, walking into the Parliament through a Jewish district, and you'd see the kids going to school with armed soldiers taking kids into school, and that was in Strasbourg, let alone Paris or Brussels. So uh, I'm afraid we're in a very, very bad place. And we're going to see, we are go I mentioned this earlier, we're going to see increased sectarianism, we're going to see the influence. The British Labour Party needs Muslim votes. It relies on Muslim votes. It had 86% of the Muslim vote at the last general election. It needs to keep those Muslim votes. And in our case, there are 300,000 Jewish voters in the UK. There are 4 million Muslim voters in the UK. And I'm afraid they're the hard facts of it. No, I think, I think our future in terms of the Jewish communities in Europe, I'm sorry to say this, but I think it's very, very bleak indeed. I think it's also worth pointing out that what Nigel is talking about predated the October 7th attacks. This is something that's been brewing for years. And it's not anti-Semitism, anti it's hatred of Jews. It's the old scratch the surface and there's the hatred of Jews. Um, yeah, please. Liz, did you? So, so first of all, I think we need to unequivocally support Israel. And there is far too much. There are far too many people internationally trying to split the difference. We know the appalling events of October the 7th, and it is backed by an insidious anti-Semitic campaign that has long been in the fringe left, but is now becoming more publicly acceptable. We haven't just seen that in Britain. We also see it on the streets of the US, particularly on US campuses. And, you know, as I've said, things that were fringe in the past have now become socially acceptable to say, and we have to crack down on that. And you know, I, I think it's a big problem. However, if you speak to the vast majority of British people, they are very supportive of Israel. This is a minority view. But the problem is we are not cracking down on people who are openly supporting terrorism. That is the issue, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, which is not enough democratic accountability in many other institutions and an allowance of these left-wing extremist views to flourish. And often these things are connected. So often it's the extreme anti-capitalists, the extreme uh, so-called environmentalists who are also peddling anti-Semitism. And what we need to do is we need to make sure that that is just not allowed to have these massive protests. And, you know, I am very worried about the security of members of parliament. I mean, members of parliament are frankly being bullied now. 
They're being bullied at their surgeries. They're being bullied in public. And we cannot allow that if we believe in democracy. If I may, on our university yeah. campuses, I think the funding, the number one funders are Muslim-majority countries. The number one is Qatar, and it just goes down. PRC isn't even in the top five or six. The billions and billions of dollars that are inculcating these kids with an anti-Semitic uh, ideology, I was just on the Harvard campus, and it's all over. The kids are terrified on the conservative side. Carla, we have a panel at CPAC this year called would Moses go to Harvard? Uh, and we know the answer, right? Ambassador. Thank you very much, Matt. And I think there is a topic of anti-Semitism, which I think uh, it's very appropriate that I should say something, because I very much agree with Nigel and with the Prime Minister that uh, the situation is very worrying in the UK. And when you said that the situation in Europe is worse than the UK, I agree, except for, except for my country. I'm very proud of that. And our, our Jewish friends in America, in Europe, in Israel, I know that very well. Hungary is the strongest political eye of the state of Israel. It is only us who defends the Israelis. When there is biased statements by the European Union and the United Nations, wherever we can, and just last week the Hungarian Prime Minister was the only one which vetoed an EU statement against IDF's operation in Gaza. Uh, it's, I don't want to go into the into Gaza issue. It's very complex, of course, but the Israelis have a right to defend their own citizens. I mean, we Hungarians have the largest Jewish community on continental Europe after France. And in Hungary, there is a renaissance of Jewish life, community life, religious life, uh, cultural life. We are building synagogues. We are not destroying synagogues. And if you don't believe it, you should come and see it with yourself. And uh, what is happening in the United States uh, at universities, Ivy League universities, UPenn, Harvard, and you name it, it's horrific. Yeah. And, you know, our prime minister and our government has been is, and is being accused of being anti-Semitic by George Soros and the likes of him. And uh, my colleague invites a, uh, a member of the Hungarian par uh, parliament to a Shabbat dinner who openly called for listing Jews. I mean, this is outrageous what is happening, and uh, I think you have a lot to do in Europe. And the thing is, strange it might sound that you have to win elections at home. And the problem is that uh, if you go country by country in Europe, you will see that the Muslim voters largely outnumber those who are Jewish. So the European governments, each one of them, are anti-Israel because they want to win elections at home, uh, except for Hungary. May I address two additional uh, uh, approaches or, or dimensions to the question? First of all, uh, while I totally agree with, uh, with Ambassador Takac, what you should know here in the U.S. about the general European situation is, first of all, that um, you know the, the very first political ideology, which was anti-Semite in, uh, in, in its roots, was, uh, was socialism that was invented by Karl Marx. All of these socialist ideas, let them be national or international, those are anti-Semite ideas. And what we should know, at least in Europe, that the nowadays left, the Vogue, inherited this anti-Semite legacy with Marxism as well. The nowadays leftist parties and leftist forces in Western Europe or anti-Semites are going against Israel. And what we should know is that the fight we do have against this anti-Israeli, uh, anti-Semite approach is the very same fight and maybe against the very same enemy that we do have for our European way of life. And the, the other uh, uh, thing what should be mentioned is what, uh, what was highlighted by uh, Nigel Farage is that there is a very clear connection between the rising tendency of anti-Semitism and the rising tendency of illegal and not only illegal mass migration to Europe. And uh, what shows the infantile behavior of socialist leftist parties and progressive parties all over Europe that now they do count on the Muslim vote. But there will be a point in the near future when the uh, proportion of Muslims and other ethnic groups, anti-Semite ethnic groups, will reach a share, after which there will be no need for them 
to go uh, after the, the Tory party or the Labour party or SPD or CDU, CS in Germany, but they will establish their own parties within Europe. Thank you, Miklos. Um, Matt Whitaker, this has been a wide-ranging conversation. I want to acknowledge uh, your great work with CPAC, your work on the board of CPAC. You've gone to many of these international CPACs. Do you have any kind of concluding comments that you'd like to add? Or Come on. Hey everybody, good to see all my friends. I was, I was enjoying this so much and Steve, it's good to see you, my friend. And You brought a great team with you as you always do. Um, I'm, I'm gonna be very brief, uh, even though I am a lawyer. Uh, and I get paid by the good. word. Brief is good. Yeah, especially $5 worse. Yes, your bill comes to you, Rick. Give me your address again. Um, I think it cannot be overstated how important these relationships internationally are. I know um, that many have been working on this project for a long time to make sure that we are, uh, as conservatives, sharing our ideas and ideals. I mean, we're rooted in a foundation of the Judeo-Christian traditions that Mishlos talked about. And I think it's so important um, that we don't give up the fight because, you know, there are, I, I think of so many times really in human history and world history and biblical history where uh, it was so dark and it's always darkest before the dawn. And I just know that, that a savior came and I know that a savior will come again. And I think we are uh, the hands and feet here on earth and we have to do so much work, but we cannot give up. Do not give up hope. Never give up hope. We cannot lose hope because we are going to win. Our way of life is going to win. But you know what? We have to win. So go fight. Very nice, Matt. And then, uh, Can I oh. just add one quick yeah. thing to that? I just want to add really quickly. Look, we're all in the front line, and these people in, around this table could really thank you. Thank you for being the warriors in your countries. Thank you for standing up for truth. Thank you for standing up for freedom. We need this now. We, this is a time that we're going to fight harder than we ever had before. We've got to defeat the communists. We have to defeat the World Economic Forum. We have to defeat the World Health Organization. Defeat the United Nations. It is time. It is time. All right, we're not done. Hold on. Hold on. So while everybody's standing, can Dr. Robert Malone keep standing and everyone else sit down? Where's Dr. Malone? I see him in the back there. There he is, one of my heroes. Dr. Robert Malone, thank you for being here. Thank you for the great work you do. And Jill, we appreciate you. Is he coming up to... Okay, so did you want to say something, Robert? Okay, he's just saying hello. Good man. Okay, so we're going to move to some business. So we're going to conclude very quickly here. Uh, Rick, Miklos, KT, Andrew, Jay, Stan, Gordon, uh, that's it. And we are going to uh, have some real diplomacy here, some international uh, cooperation. We have three uh, resolutions that we'd like to pass together, speaking in one voice. And we'll read them very quickly. We passed them earlier at our board meeting that I see Jerry Daniels and Christos and Matt and Priscilla who were here earlier at the board meeting um, uh, and Les. And so we're gonna read them right now and uh, let's send the world a message. The first resolution, this would come from all of our CPAC organizations. We condemn the police state tactics of Xi Jinping, Vladimir Putin, Lula da Silva and Joe Biden. We condemn all of their attempts to silence, legally harass, and imprison their main political opponents. These are election interference crimes. In particular, we wish, we wish to lend our voice in strong support against the legal persecution being waged against Jair Bolsonaro, Jimmy Lai, and President Donald Trump. Can the ACU board members present around this table and those of you who run CPAC organizations uh, 
express your support by saying aye. Wonderful. The first one passes. And I'll let Mercy, can you get that to the White House immediately? I think that would be good. The, um, the second resolution, uh, and Elizabeth, you're going to like this, and so is Dr. Malone. We condemn the attempts of the World Health Organization in coordination with the Biden administration, the Chinese Communist Party, and the Gates Foundation to surrender national sovereignty to a de facto global government through a radically revised public health quote-unquote treaty. The WHO agenda is a deliberate takeover of national government sovereignty in order to implement the global elite's oppressive agenda, which is an assault on communities, families, and religion. We stand strongly on the side of national sovereignty. This is an attempted WHO takeover of human dignity, and CPAC stands strongly against it. We encourage all freedom-loving countries to follow President Donald Trump's lead and move to exit or defund the World Health Organization. CPAC board members and our international partners, please signal your support by saying aye. aye. And the final resolution. Um, Yitz, you want to read the third one? Israel is one of the few countries in the Middle East to exemplify the values of liberty, justice, and freedom. Globalists, anti-Semites, and terror cartels are working hand-in-hand -hand to annihilate the state of Israel. CPAC calls on nations around the globe to stand on the side of Israel to recognize Jerusalem as her proper capital and to fight religious discrimination in all its forms. Further, CPAC stands with our close ally Israel and supports Israel's military operations to achieve total victory in Gaza and other fronts. CPAC calls on Joe Biden to end the hostage crisis in Israel and eliminate the Iran-backed Hamas terrorists. These terrorists committed the deadliest attack on the Jewish people since the Holocaust. CPAC also condemns the reprehensible rise of anti-Semitic attacks on Jewish students, educational institutions, and all throughout society. Today and every day, CPAC stands with Israel. Once again, signify your support by saying aye. aye. Uh, this is history. We've never come together in this way before. And I think we're sending three very important messages to the world, and these will be posted immediately. Um, I'd like um, to give uh, Rick, Ambassador Grinnell, the chance to make some concluding comments. And Steve, I'd like you to do that as well. So you want to start? I mean, I'll just keep it very quick and simple. Thank you all for coming. Uh, I think the international conservative movement is incredibly important. And to share ideas, as, as others have said, I think is the way forward. Thank you for uh, coming, Madam, f former Prime Minister, but we now get to call you Liz, I guess. It's such a privilege to call a Brit by their first name. Uh, Thank you all for, for uh, attending. I hope we get to do this next year. Uh, and I want to finish by um, saying one other point that I think is incredibly important that we always got to remind people as we go into the 2024 election, which is Vladimir Putin wants Joe Biden to win. I think Matt Whitaker said it best. Um, we will win because we have to win. And I look around this, this table and in this audience, we got a team full of fighters. So let's fight. I wanna thank everyone for your participation, for everybody who participated in the conversation. We're gonna take a quick group photo in the center here. So please move to the center. God bless you all. It's gonna be a wonderful CPAC. Please enjoy your time here. The apples in your holiday pie taste amazing, but it's not exactly the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables. The Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and your cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day, which, as you know, is almost impossible. That's why you need to check out Field of Greens. Every fruit and vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs like your heart, your lungs, your kidneys, and your immune system. Yo, folks, the holidays are here, and you need to stay healthy. 
Plus, you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier. Field of Greens is the simplest way to get those daily fruits and veggies, and it tastes amazing. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com. Use promo code Bannon. That's promo code Bannon at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com. Make sure you take, take it today. Use your agency. Action, action, action. Fieldofgreens.com. Promo code Bannon. Dot com, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroom Health, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today. Check it out. 